welcome to another episode of Childhood Remastered. This is the podcast that looks back on the cartoons of our youth and sees if they're still worth a damn. Or not. Or not, which is far too often the case. My name is Sean. And I'm Chris. And today we are going to be looking at the classic 80s cartoon, Galaxy Rangers. The Adventures of the Galaxy oh, Rangers. Please excuse me. In 2086, two peaceful aliens journeyed to Earth, seeking our help. In return, they gave us the plans for our first hyperdrive, allowing mankind to open the doors to the stars. We have assembled a team of unique individuals to protect Earth and our allies, courageous pioneers committed to the highest ideals of justice, and dedicated to preserving law and order across the new frontier. These are the adventures of the Galaxy Rangers. Rangers was created by Robert Mandel, who actually created the Thunderbirds 2086 cartoon show from 1982, and that is actually based off of the like original gangster shit version of Thunderbirds from 1965, the one with the puppets that Team America is kind of spoofing. And he also did Princess Guinevere and the Jewel Riders in 96, and uh, it was done by Gaylord Entertainment, which uh, is now, weirdly enough, a a hospitality real estate company. This is very weird. Oh, so um, they started in cartoons and they ended in hospitality. Uh, apparently so. Yeah, and in 2012 <laughs> they became a hospitality company. I don't know. I don't understand it, but um, the music is uh, it's written by Phil uh, Galstone and John Van Tangeren. The song is "No Guts, No Glory," which is by far one of the best intros for all of cartoondom. Yeah, you know it, it one of the things that the uh, one of the things that the cartoons in the 80s really did well was the music. And it wasn't just it wasn't just like little like cartoony songs that that bounced around and, and attracted kids. They were like high production, really good sounding songs that you would listen to and you're like, "Oh shit, is that like a new song on the radio?" No, it's a fucking intro to a cartoon that I'm watching on Saturday morning. Yeah, I, it's it's really well done. Uh, a lot of the shows at the time, like Mask and a bunch of these shows, had these like really kind of rocking intros. I mean, the show could be shit, even or 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 it could be great, but you don't care. You just you could watch the intro over and over again. And so, one of the, one of the things that I wa- that I real sort of recognized as I was watching it is that the. The music actually helps set the tone for the show. In this show, it does. Yeah, yeah. They, they 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 have this this intro music, and they have other music that's tied to the intro music. Same guy singing, same vein, and the the songs come in at certain parts in the episode, and it really helps you get amped up for the action. It draws you into the story, which it's a really good it's a really good use of music. Yeah, I think the music is used like it, the, the the timing of it is used to like amp up the audience really well. In a way that My Little Pony just fails so hard on. Uh, yeah. So what's interesting about this guy, uh, John Van Tangeren, is his stage name was Johnny Vancouver, and <laughs> uh, which is a Johnny weird... Vancouver, Canada's rock god since 1986. Um, yeah, sorry, he's... Rush. Rush is the rock he god. He starts. Of... He starts every concert off with an "I'm sorry, I'm sure," but uh, <laughs> so 
He did. He did actually the music for Miss Congeniality two and Malibu's Most Wanted. Damn, um, that's some high marks. That's some high marks. <laughs> uh, you know, don't fuck with my Malibu's Most Wanted. I love that movie. Uh, it's terrible, but but I loved it. So it, he did. There's some other songs that they did that, that were for the show uh, called Rangers Ride Forever and a few other things. There's this UK, uh, UK rock group called FM, and uh, the lead singer is Steve Overland, and they they did a bunch of other stuff. So. So this show uh, was also animated by Tokyo Movie Shinsa, uh, which is a fairly storied uh, animation studio in Japan. They they have a ton of stuff, a ton of work from the '60s on through until today. Yeah, we were talking about that today at lunch. Right? Yeah, there's yeah. a there's a so they have a very good and very uh, very well known in Japan at least uh, animation studio. I was looking at the list of or of, of anime that that studio helped animate and i didn't recognize a lot of them i recognize some of them but a lot of it is their japanese titles and i didn't want to click on all of them to see what they were so i mean at least in japan they're a fairly well-known fairly uh, popular animation studio um one thing about this show is it's one of my it's one of my kind of favorite genres it's a space western um, it sort of it sort of reminds me of a of a show that came after it, but the show was starred Bruce Campbell at Briscoe County Junior. That show was a lot more. Uh, it made me think a lot of Trigun. If you've ever yeah, seen oh yeah, Trigun, that's like a space western. It's, it's the same totally thing. Space yeah. western. Yeah. yeah. So so the uh, the the whole the whole theme is really cool. They take it to an extreme. Oh yeah, no, to, like, like a, to a ridiculous. Yeah. Rid- but you yeah. know what? That, I think that's part of this show's charm. Yeah, they kind of just, it's like they said, well, fuck it, we're just going to do it. Yeah, I, there was a couple of times where I was like, man, I, it is so good for these guys who are being space cowboys that the rest of the universe sort of picked up their motif and made all their planets like western planets. Yeah, because otherwise it would be completely irrelevant to walk in like looking like a cowboy and their mechanical <laughs> horse and have everything be on flying cars. Yeah, it's but just thankfully like, everybody still rides horses yeah. like in the, in the far off future. I was going to say, it was, just like, uh, it was just like the old Star Trek series where they had a cowboy planet and a gangster planet and a nazi planet and oh so many nazi planets <laughs> so in many star nazi. trek but uh, it was yeah it was well this show's cool because it, it actually has kind of a cult following because of it had this like this sense of innovation and humor and it was kind of ahead of its time in that regard what's really i think kind of interesting about the show and if you if you guys go out there and watch it you'll notice that it is intentionally not toyetic it, toyetic meaning like focused on creating product to sell children yeah. they they almost it was like they didn't care they said like this is what we want to tell and if you want to make toys around it cool but we don't we're not really concerned i don't remember there being toys for the show were there toys for the show i mean there probably were because there were toys I, for everything yeah but, i didn't do but, any research on it at all but, but the but, thing about the, the thing about this show that's different is for the most part all the other shows, especially in the in the '80s, they're were, so obviously made to have toys. Yeah, but even if they weren't, even if the toys didn't exist before it, the the toy lines a lot of times came before it, and that's what they based the show around. Or they made the show intending to sell, to sell toys. toys, but this was neither. Yeah, exactly, and and that. That, I think that shows in the detail that they put into the story. The stories were interesting. So, yeah, I want to start right off, like, not just the detail of the story, but the animation is really, they do a really good job here. Yeah. Um, it was the first, it was the first Japanese animated, but it was the first Japanese animated cartoon that was produced mostly in the United States. Yeah. Uh, I mean, some, a lot of the story, okay, so uh, let me go back. Some of the story seems to sometimes go nowhere. Like they will, 
start off on something and they'll try and develop it and then they just like say oh, forget it and they'll go in a different direction or they'll spend a lot of time kind of rehashing something that has like no bearing on the story so there's but but for the most part i mean the story does have direction it's and there not, is like an underlying theme for yeah, all the episodes there's a there's an underlying story for the entire series right so not not necessarily where one episode ties into the other in that it's like a continuing saga so much as there is an underlying background story that they're kind of trying to cover as they continue on through these six episodes that we cover. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of cool because it, it, Turtles has that, but but I don't think a lot of cartoons... Like, Darkwing Duck didn't have that, and a lot of them don't really tend to do that very often. Yeah, and the, um, and the, the theme, or the, at least the, the conflict, is established in the first episode. So l- let's jump into what the show is about. The show is about the Galaxy Rangers. It's, which are four... Like altered guy, men and women who are altered with uh, bionic implants have special powers. Yeah, they're essentially space sheriffs. They're they're, right. they're space marshals. They they they're the law enforcement agency for yeah. Earth to to patrol the stars to like patrol the the colonies that Earth has yeah. set up. Because they're, they're almost kind of a, a Texan Americanized in the way that they're animated, their outfits and uniforms. It's almost like a. A late 1800s northern military outfit, yeah, in, in and, a way. And if you look, if you just listen to the intro to the to the show to the theme, the first 15 seconds of the theme, I think it's 20 seconds, whatever. Yeah, yeah, the first 20 seconds, 15, 20 seconds of the theme basically explains the entire story. It's that aliens come to Earth and then they give us tech, and then we go into space to and protect our to, to protect, protect our, our interest. Yeah, yeah. so and, that's and so. It. Yeah, there, so there's four really main characters. There's uh, Zachary Fox, who's voiced by Jerry Orbach, who, if you guys don't know, is Lenny Briscoe from Law & Order. Yeah, for um, 25 years he did Law & Order. And he's Lumiere from Beauty and the Beast. Is he really? He is. He is Lumiere <laughs> no from Beauty and the Beast. No friggin' way! I did yeah. not know that. And so he he's... Jerry Orbach is dead now, but he's kind of like an iconic... Uh, he, he has like a really storied history before he did Law & Order and Lumiere, but... But that's kind of more in pop culture, what he's really known for. So Zachary Fox, he's got brown hair, and the whole left side of his body is bionics, but you can't tell just by looking at him. He yeah. looks human. He's got like a bionic um, skeleton right. nervous system. Inside, like half of his face, his leg, his arm, whatever. And he can turn his whole left arm into this... Uh, uh, he can shoot a giant energy uh, like beam from his arm. Yeah, um, he, he also, also has super strength. Super strength. Yeah, yeah um, he can blast walls apart. Uh, he can spot weld circuitry or punch through um, like an actual hull of a ship. And then you have Shane. he's also the leader of the he's the leader of the yeah, galaxy. Yeah, Rangers. he's the leader. Well, so he's the like de facto leader of those four. But yeah. they, they actually have a boss um, named Commander uh, Joseph Walsh, who is voiced by Earl Hammond. Who is um, the original Buck Rogers from the 1950s and Mumra and Monstar? So Mumra is from uh, Thundercats. He also and they, Monstar is from Silverhawks. And he's also he also plays a couple other characters in the show. He does play a couple other characters in the show too. Yeah, he plays Lazarus Slade, Captain Kidd, uh, Wildfire Cody, King Spart- uh, Spartus. Uh, See, I recognized him. I recognized him as Captain Kid because when I heard Captain yes, Kid sounds a lot like Mumra. Captain right? Kid sounds exactly like Vultureman. It's like the oh, same voice. Yes. yes. But he is, so he's got several voices, but he's I like actually the, like the boss. Yeah. But Zach, Zach Fox is like in the field, kind of the guy who tends field to commander, be yeah. fe- kind of field commander. They've got another character named Shane Gooseman or just Goose, and he's voiced by a guy named uh, Doug Priest, who is actually uh, Doug's dad in Doug, Mister Funny. <laughs> so he's Doug's dad, and he's also Lynx, 
Uh, excuse me, Linkso and Aluro from Thundercats. Oh man, La- uh, later, uh, later. And he's season. also a molecular windhammer, for, uh, molecular and windhammer from Silverhawks. Oh, so okay, yeah. And so those, he's, were, those he, were bad guys, I think. Yeah, and he is just like hardcore, just copy paste of Clint Eastwood. Oh yeah, um, not he, even, not even, uh, not even like in a sh- like they didn't even try to hide it. He's got, he's got blonde hair. He's got the sort of. Clint Eastwood scowl, but it is—it's the voice. He actually oh, yeah. almost imitates a Clint Eastwood voice. Yeah, he he um, he, he does the one from uh, like uh, what what's the one? Uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Right. It's a lot of the old like Clint Eastwood Western type voices. So he's a test tube super soldier. Um, you don't find, old... you don't find that out until a little bit later in the series. Well, you you find that out actually in I think the second or third episode. Yeah. Um. But but he's like the he tells the story. He's a test tube super soldier. And he's the only super trooper not affected by this, like, gas designed to make them all faster that also makes him crazy. So he can super heal and shape shift and do all kinds of cool stuff. Yeah, his his uh, his power, a lot of these guys' powers, they have, they have these powers. They make them OP as fuck yeah. within, like, the 20 seconds that they use it. Yeah, so they have these powers. That's the thing about these Galaxy Rangers that make them special is, is each of them has a power based on an implant that they've that they've received that is activated by tapping their, their sheriff's their badge. badge. Yeah, on their so, left shoulder. So, like Chris said, uh, Zach, when he taps his, his whole, like, left side glows and he can either shoot a beam or he gets super strength or whatever he needs for that particular yeah gooses is the it, it, i will i would say that it's the most ridiculous one but it's not it's not the most ridiculous one cuz no. that comes later yeah but his is kind of ridiculous because it's a it's a catch-all one where whatever is going on his body morphs to it so he, yeah. he, he they he tell him like, he's invincible that, he doesn't change his it's not like he morphs in in like morph from x-men it's like his it's almost like you know what it is it's almost like uh it's almost like Emma Frost from X-Men where her yeah. skin changes. It's like his he's got like hyper adaptability. Or like, you know what it no, it's like um from X-Men First Class where they had that that X-Men they that uh, mutant they killed off named Darwin who could adapt to anything. He like oh, stuck right. his stuck his head in the in the fish tank and he grew gills. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly. basically what that's basically what his power does. Is yeah. he, he adapts to any situation. And he always seems to like wield two revolt like yeah, laser revolvers. Yeah, he's a quick draw. And then, and then we have Nico, uh, who's vo- voiced by uh, Laura Dean, who uh, is actually Lisa from the uh, 1980s movie Fame. Never saw it. Yeah, and she was also Sundance in My Little Pony. Oh, good. Yeah, bring back My Little Pony. You know, so, what I wondered about this chick is that it, this is the only female on the team. Uh-huh. Why does she only have one name? Is I, her name Nicole? Like, I don't know. It, so, so she's an archaeologist slash psychic who has like psychic abilities that are amplified by her by her badge? I want to see that. She I want to see that resume. She wields a huge gun and uh, martial arts, but she almost never busts out the large gun. You can't ever see it, but it's like it's almost like a, it appears out of nowhere. She'll use it and it'll disappear. Yeah. And her implants let her use clairvoyance and create shields and lift objects. She basically gets way more psychic. Yeah, she just gets way more psychic. And then the last character is a is an African American character named Walter Doc Hartford. He's actually not African American because his family's from Jamaica. Um, he's Jamaican. Yeah, he's he's. Like, we don't even know if America still exists in this universe, so maybe he's just Jamaican. Well, it says he's from Jamaica. I know that's so, what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, Jamaica. maybe. So he's from Jamaica. He's like from a rich family, and he he actually he uses a sword, but that we don't get to see in any of these episodes. He's, a, he's described as a, shwa- a swashbuckler. Yeah, and he's got a gun and he uses his fists, but he is like a, a, a ridiculous computer genius um, that creates essentially all the tech that the Rangers have. And his implant lets him create and control these things called tweakers, which can control any computer device, 
ever and it's it doesn't matter what they're doing or where they're going essentially doc is gonna like bring out this little glowing object that can get into a door it can hack a, a robot it can do whatever they want to do doc will do it and he's actually pretty op in this show no that's what i'm saying like he's the one that, that Go- has yeah. the op goose's goose's uh, implant does crazy stuff but it seems like it but does, docs but... is the most is the most crazy because this is the most deus ex machina oh yeah because yeah. he can whenever they need anything he can pull up his he has this little handheld computer thing that he pulls up and then it projects this it projects this holographic thing where he tells one of the little programs to go do something. He's got like six or eight of them. Yeah, he's got several of them. They all have different names and I didn't write any of them down yeah. and I didn't remember. It's like, Fire, honestly, it's like Firefly and Lifeline. Yeah. And, I didn't and they care. Just, they're little they're balls of light and he says... You know, oh, Firefly, go in there and disable the weapons. And so this little ball of light comes out of his little hologram and, and disappears in- into a computer. And then and all of a sudden, it does magic. Yeah, and it talks to him. And and yeah, his his are the his powers are the least defined, and they're like the most ridiculous. So let's jump into episode one now that we've uh, now that we've established what the show is about. Before we start, we're gonna open a beer here. So again, we went to Valiant. They had a. Uh, a beer event, so we picked up a couple growlers today because of that. Nothing so we're, like, we're drinking the crescendo again. We drank that before. It's, yeah, uh, nothing like spending our Saturday uh, yeah. Saturday morning waiting in line to get beer. <laughs> yeah, and then getting drunk and then uh, coming and doing the podcast talking yeah, about I'm, cartoons. This is great Saturday. So. I'm not. I'm not complaining. No, no. So episode one is called Phoenix, and um, the intro is just again so badass. Yeah, I, don't, I I watched the intro for this like I did Darkwing Duck. Yeah. I, I, I watched every one of them. I never fast forwarded. I never had a reason. And I watched all the end music too. <laughs> yeah, I, I watched totally it till too. the end. So the episode is called Phoenix. Phoenix is the name of the ship that they're in. So the first thing I noticed in this episode is that, and I don't, it made me think of old anime. And this is, I'm assuming it's an animation trick to save, to save time, save animation. But all the characters, at least in this episode, stared blankly forward and only moved their lips. They never, <laughs> they never moved their heads. They were so, always talking like they were mannequins. I made very specific notes about that for the female characters that I noticed. I noticed it for all and of them. I noticed them. it for Zach, uh, Zach Fox. Uh, but I did not notice that for some of the... Uh, well, excuse me, no, I, I changed that. I also knows, noticed that for another character named Zozo. But, but that's mostly because he doesn't have irises in his eyes, so he yeah. kind of like just always stares blankly. So Zachary is Zachary. Uh, I keep wanting to say Zachary Quinto. It's not. It's not Zachary Quinto. Um, so Zach is traveling through space with his family and with um, the two. There are two ambassadors named Zozo and Waldo. So. And one of the things. One of the things too that I didn't fully grasp at the beginning of this is that in the intro they show these two aliens that are the same people. It's like Walter Walt, Waldo and and, Z- and Zozo. Yeah. And they show them in the intro. In the intro, and they're the same exact and ones. And they're the same ones. And I didn't know if they were actually the same I ones. I think it's the clip. Well, I think they just reused the clip uh, from the first episode and put it into the credits. Because because what happens in the intro. Because that exact clip is used. Yeah, but what happens yeah. in the intro happens like many years before yeah. the events yeah. of of because in the intro they talk about getting their first hyperdrive and being able and to all explore the, the star. It, it, it remind it's kind of like how the Vulcans came to to Earth and gave humans 
like tech. Yeah. And then we joined and cre- had the Federation of Planets. Yeah. In Star Trek. So, so so he's in the plant or he's in the uh, the ship with with Waldo and, and Zozo. Zozo. So Waldo with his family is, too. is the ambassador that's like bald with like long hair and brown skin and Zozo's is like purple bunny ears but with like these big bug eyes. And they're both and fucking small, goof they're both fucking small, goofballs. And a small brown afro. Yeah, yeah, but they are. They're kind of goofballish. So they're on their way to Kirwin. And uh, th- that's that's the name of the, the planet that they're going to. Pretty it's sure like I a, have an Irish cousin named Kirwin. You might. It sounds kind of Irish. Yeah. Uh, it's a legal... It, so it's one of the planets. It's the legal planets. And so they're calling Ranger Fox to ask him about it, when they're going to get there, whatever. So they're in the, in the ship. And Zozo... I thought this was weird, so I wrote it down. Zozo is excited because when he gets there, he wants to set up a space so that he can teach his family to, quote, grow hamburgers. Oh, yeah. Because Zozo's the alien. He... Uh, Apparently they still have hamburgers in the whatever twenty second century. <laughs> yeah, they they haven't eliminated a need to like uh, like consume like a- animal proteins. Well, so maybe they're... maybe hamburgers are made out of like grub meat or grasshopper. Well, meat. Who can, uh, hamburgers of today are delicious. <laughs> if they can translate that into the future, and they're made out of grubs, I don't care. Yeah. Um, so they they go they go to the uh, the planet. And... Well, Waldo is, is concerned about the defense shield that's around oh, the yeah. planet. <laughs> Foreshadowing. And uh, it's so. What I also thought was interesting was Zozo, the purple one with the big bunny ears. They're they're called kiwis. Yeah, they're, they're, they're that's the name of their species. Kiwis. And Waldo, the bald headed dude, they're actually called Andorians, which immediately made me think of Star Trek. Did that? Did that? Yeah, happen? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because the Andorians are the blue race with the with the antennas in Star Trek. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I immediately thought Andorians, and that was that was kind of weird. It's like why copy a, like a name from? Well, whatever. Who but. knows. So the ship is approaching, and they're like, 300 sectors in closing, and they do this countdown. They're, this is back on the planet. And they think it's a Galaxy Rangers, but it's not, and it turns out to be these bad guys yeah. uh, that we don't get any explanation for yet. But they sound evil, and uh, so the planet puts up a defense shield. And the bad guys immediately blow it up. They blow up this relay for the shield that it's not guarded. There's no guns yeah, on it. Yeah, I said, I wrote down, what, what is the point of having a defense shield that can be destroyed from the outside? Yeah, exactly. Because they, they blew up, they're like, target the relays, and so they go... It would be like building a wall and then having a door in the side with no lock on it. Yeah. They, like, what the, what's the point? They, they're these they're these satellite-looking things that the beams get projected to, and they launch ships off of the big battle cruiser, and they just Ooh. blow those up, and then the shield goes down. And they, oh, they have the, they have whatever, blah, 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 shielding. Attack the relays! Like, that's just what you so do what, when you run into those shields. Exactly, so why bother... I mean, obviously, there's, like, an expense. They had to spend money to put the shield up. Why would they bother? Yeah, I don't know. So I, so they end up, they blow up the thing, and they end up, the enemies, they're all, like, weird robots. They're, they're all robots. Yeah, that makes that makes killing them less, Well, it's, just like in Ninja Turtles. Yeah. They were was, able to use their weapons and shit. I was just going to say, just like Ninja Turtles, if you make the enemies robots, then you could kill them without without care. So, yeah. the, hey, the robots for, come down. Star Wars, too. Yeah, that's true. At least true. the prequels. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Roger, Roger. So they come down, and the uh, the enemy robots are like destroying stuff for no apparent reason. They're there to capture the humans. By yeah, the way. because they, that's what the that's, that's what, the what they're yeah. that's what their leader wants. But instead of just landing, capturing humans, and flying away, they blow a bunch of shit up. They like blow they up their fly, house. Yeah. They're like, we're gonna fly around and burn your house and blow up the silo. And I thought there was this weird scene where this uh, enemy robot who's really far away crashes into a silo 
And a, he he's flying into the silo and he goes, I'm in too close. Ah! I wrote that down too. I'm in too close. Blah! And then, and then it's like this pause and then he crashes into the silo. It's so like, first of Wait, all... What was he doing? There was like a silo in a field. There was if, nothing if you're, there. If you're a robot, you're going to have pretty decent, like... Reaction speed, I would think. Why are, are you crashing into a building These that you're trying? To, yeah, that's they're what, like one at a time. That, that's why, like, you just have to you just have to accept that these are all space cowboys. Because why would you have there? There's a couple different instances in the episodes in this show where some of the guys are riding horses and other people are like riding spaceships, like space cars. Yeah, and they're, like, they're why? actual horses. They show yeah. people riding or like, real horses or like weird things that look like horses. Yeah, or like weird animal. Yeah, there's yeah. there's one where they're riding a derpy looking bear that <laughs> I couldn't get over. But well, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. So so they capture the humans. They put them onto the onto the ship, and the enemies apparently are known as quote the crown who uh, who threaten to attack the Kiwis and the Andorians. And uh, so we cut over to Zach, uh, Zach Fox and his family, and uh, the ship starts going down. They get some sort of they're blasted by some sort of technological warp or something. I, I didn't yeah. understand what I, happened. They, the one thing I wrote down about this is that you learn that Zack has a uh, sassy computer program that powers his ship. Yeah, all of the ships yeah. in the show. They're they, all they're these like, if you've ever played, sarcastic, sassy computer programs. If you've ever played uh, Portal 2, yes. what's, what's the yeah. name of the... What's the name of the... Um, the guy that ends up being the bad guy. Oh, the one in Portal 2? I can't remember. The, the little eyeball guy. But they look actually... They look like those eyeball guys. Well, see, I actually... I wrote down that they look like the, the magnetic Pokemon. Oh, like Magnemite? Yeah. Yeah, they look like Magnemite to me. Uh, well, some of them do. And uh, so the, the outlaw ship attacks them to... Uh, there's this outlaw ship that's like a... It's got pirates on space yeah. pirates. You have space pirates and space cowboys, and we're yeah. just mixing. We just need some space ninjas, and we'll we'll be yeah, set. That, apparently, the future is full of space cowboys, space pirates, space ninjas. Yeah, and, that's uh, what the future is. You just take established established uh, characters from from today, today and then copy and paste them into the future, but give them laser yeah. weapons instead. So, so the ship start, it, it's it malfunctions and it overshoots their destination, and these this outlaw ship attacks them. Space pirates, commanded by the illustrious Captain Kidd. Well, and Zack, in the meantime, while, while, there, while this is happening, he uses this watch that is a super cheesy, quote, high-tech watch that, like, pops... It looks like a um, like one of those calculator watches, but it, it pops up, and it's like a multi-level calculator watch. And I thought, this is... Yeah, go back. I, I, I didn't miss, I missed that part. You, you must have missed it, because it's so weird. It's so weird looking. And, it, and I was just thinking, like, they didn't... They did, this is always sometimes the problem with future tech. Um, they're trying like, to make it look so so futuristic, futuristic that, that it's it like stupid. Yeah, or that it looks stupid. You're like, why would you even need that? Yeah, you're, I'm thinking like, well, Every, the, where's the touchscreen? Where's the holograms? Well, you know? you, you've got you've got the smartwatch on. Everybody is still waiting for the uh, ability like uh, Dick Tracy had in the 1930s to just. Well, I mean, like my smartwatch, I can I can pull up text and stuff with it. But what, whatever. So you know, they get attacked by this. Uh, Captain Kid, who's uh, voiced by Mumra, and so uh, the outlaw ship captures them because uh, they want to sell them to the Crown. Yeah, because humans humans uh, draw a very high price in the slaver market. So anybody who catches a human sells them to the Crown, and the Crown pays them a shit ton of money. Right now, the computer program on board Zachary Fox's ship is called GV, and he starts malfunctioning, and the, and the computer noises giant are giant vagina. They're very obviously made by a human. It's like. 
beep boop 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 bop bop yeah. bop beep 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 boop bop. It, I I started I I started laughing out loud. I, I was watching this uh, this first episode kind of later at night, and uh, it woke my wife up, and she she looks at me, she's like, "What are you doing?" And I go, "Oh, I'm watching this show." She's like, "Were you making computer noises?" And I goes, I, "I was like, no, that's that's on the show." She's she just gave me this like annoyed grunt and rolled it back over and went back to sleep. <laughs> yeah. Um, you would think that if they were going to use their mouth to make computer noises, they would have at least tried a little could, bit. Yeah, they, or use like a, a Casio keyboard with like the, the sample <laughs> music. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, that was, it did kind of take me out of it. But, you know, so Zack leaves the ship to go sabotage the enemy ship. He gets in a fight with a space lizard with a lightsaber. Yes, I wrote that down. Yeah, a space lizard with a lightsaber. Um, it's like a humanistic, like, uh, yeah. humanoid, uh, dinosaur type. So, so he, he gets captured. But, but the show has no issue showing characters die. Oh yeah, that's one of the things. So this, See, that's ca- like, Jap- that's like Japanese all the way. Yes, it's like right off the bat, the, the space lizard encounters Zack and Zack punches him or hits him or whatever and he goes flying off into space into his cold death. Yeah. And, and then Zack gets a shot from behind and gets stunned, but I, I was watching that and I, I mean, I get I was supposed to focus on the fact that he was stunned and captured, but all I could think of was, that guy's now floating off into space to his death thinking about his family. Yeah. <laughs> well. His lizard family. His lizard family. <laughs> his lizard dino family. But yeah, no, um, this show this show does not like hold back at all in terms of death and violence because people get, I mean, they, they do it a little bit because everything everybody uses blasters and laser weapons, so people get blasted. It's not like they're getting punched full of holes, but they get blasted and then they... they you know, sometimes they die, or a lot of times ships blow up, and you see the people on the ship, and then it cuts away to the outside of the ship, and the ship hits something, and kaboom, it blows up. Yeah, there's a lot of that. Or like, there's one where they throw in a later episode, they throw a grenade out of the car, and it blows up a car, and there's but, people in it. Yeah, no, they were the people in that episode. The people were able to get out. They no, stopped no, the car wait. and they ran out. But then yeah. the other car crashes, crashes and blows up and kills them too. Yeah. yeah. So, so the crown shows up to get Zach, and the rest of the humans decide to escape on a small ship. That's his, um, his son and daughter escape. Yeah, and um, and, he, and in the meantime, he's he's been captured, and his wife is still on the main ship because she's going back to get like life pods or something. Yeah, for the she's ship. doing some nonsense or whatever. I put that. So she's in this. Like, oh yeah, I know what she, you're gonna say. Uh, she's like back in this cargo area grabbing something, and then this like space alligator shows up. The and rapey I, space I, alligator. I, down that she almost gets raped by an alligator well because he's like he looks at her and he like licks his lips and he's like <laughs> yeah it's it's and he's like his mouth is salivating yeah and then, and then you know what's funny is i don't know if you wrote this down or, or if you remembered it at all but but as soon as this happens um he's about to like get her or whatever and the computer gv uh like pops up on a computer screen he like turns on a computer screen in the room and he distracts the uh, this uh, lizard man henchman with this weird troll in a Tommy Bahama uh, shirt and, and Oakley sunglasses and a saxophone like I, I, dancing around playing and, and it's playing on the screen and the the lizard guy looks up at the screen all like all Scooby Dooish and then and then the the computer electrifies him and then she escapes yeah I put that I put that the computer he's a really terrible henchman if he's getting distracted by weird dinosaur Tommy Bahama I put that he was essentially distracted by a cat video. Yeah, no, I mean, this is like, this is the, the, the futurized version of a cat video. Yeah, it, um, it basically looked like Alf. It was Alf playing saxophone. Yeah, and, and it was, yeah, no, it was weird. He So he's like kind of yellowish with like this pinkish, flowery Tommy Bahama shirt. Yeah. I think he's one of those aliens from one of the later episodes that kind of looks like a, 
um, like a gherkin, the, the gherkins, but he's like oh, a yeah. yellow kind of looking. Anyways, so it doesn't, it Zach, doesn't matter. Zach gets captured. Waldo and and Zozo go to save they him. Sneak on board they sneak on board. They sneak on board, and they do that. They do some stupid thing where he's locked in a jail cell, and they they sneak on board. They sneak into the jail, and they're trying to like disable the the, the, the jail bars. And they can't figure it out. So they turn around to the henchman right there. And they're like, excuse me, which one of these buttons turns off the bars? And he turns around and he's like, the red one. What are you doing in here? Okay, so so there's something in this scene. I don't know if you noticed. but So when they sneak past the dino guard, he's talking to himself. He's standing in the corner, facing the wall, derpy as shit. And he just goes, har, 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 yeah. har, 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 har. And then, and then, so they go and they... <laughs> Then they they go do something else, and then they go to talk to him to ask him to like open the bars. And when they ask, when they inter- they like basically interrupt He's him like, in the har, middle. Har 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 har, har har har. It's like at the fifteen minute. It's like right at the fifteen minute mark through this uh. episode. It, it, <laughs> I was laughing so. It's so derpy. <laughs> it's so derpy. So they save they save Zach and they get him on like he an gets ass- shot and injured, but yeah. it doesn't really matter because yeah. he seems unaffected by it. And so they get him um, back to the ship, and it turns out that the space pirates capture his wife. And this, this- well, the crown is pissed that they escaped, and they call Kid a plucked plexi K because he's essentially uh, like this. I don't know what the hell that is. He's essentially this giant kind of space bird. And they use this tractor beam, uh, but Kid double crosses and uh, makes a deal with Zack. Yeah. So, but but then but then he was that before or after he gave his wife to the to the crown? Uh, so Kid, no no no. So Kid has that. Th- this is before. Yeah. So so that happens. He makes this deal with the humans, but then. Um, he takes Fox's wife hostage, and then he leaves and gives the wife to the crown. Yeah. So this sets so, up this sets up the overarching conflict of the entire show is that his wife has been captured. So he's the he's a, essentially he's the main character of the show, and his job in the show is to get his wife back from the crown. Basically, yeah. Yeah. Um, so the end of this episode, the Galaxy Rangers are officially formed, and you get introduced to the other ones. And this is where he the the commander goes through and talks about all their modifications based on their based on their implants so like i said like we said earlier yeah and then zach has the blaster and then <laughs> and then his kids bust in and say some dumb shit to his dad and then and then credits yeah that's basically what, the, the, episode. the last the last thing in this episode that i wanted to talk about was when they talk about doc's power <laughs> this is a quote the commander says your implant will make you a computer wizard but he's already a computer wizard without the implant. Maybe they just mean that he's going to be able to literally perform magic with his computers. Okay, well, because his, his character is so Deus Ex Machina that he he is he is essentially a actual wizard of computers. Yeah, like so, he just busts his magic out. So that that ends episode one. We get introduced to the rest of the Galaxy Rangers who, up until this point, haven't been in the episode. We haven't seen them, but at this moment, then we see them with no real explanation of their powers. But we'll see that in the next episode, which yeah. is called New Frontier. Yeah, episode two. Um, the first thing I noticed. Yeah, this is the first episode we get the full team. Yeah, the first thing I I noticed about this episode was that thing that I mentioned earlier about Nico. Is that why does Nico only have one name, and why all the other ones? They're all law enforcement officers. They all wear their badge like where you normally see badges on cops up on their you know up on their breast. It's on the upper left shoulder. Yeah, like right underneath the collarbone. Yeah. So Nico, she wears it as like a belt buckle almost. Oh yeah, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, she wears. Does her, she really? She wears her badge as a belt buckle. She's the only one, and I, I just didn't know why they wanted to draw more attention to the fact that she was a woman by having her outfit be different. Uh, well, they, they there's always some sort of focus, especially I mean this is like what eighty six. 
Yeah. So, I mean, it makes sense. But the, so this episode, it starts off with this guy named Owen Nagata, who is okay. So th- this is they're in a meeting, and this guy comes. This living creature comes in. Oh yeah, that he's... is a green human brain inside of this machine named Owen Nagata. He looks like a fucking Roomba with a robot voice. Yeah, it's kind of like it's kind of like if you ever uh, read Doom Patrol or saw Doom Patrol, it's the uh, the brain who's the the leader of the Legion of Evil Mutants or whatever it was. The yeah, brain, that's what he looks like. It's the brain. It's like a little move. It's a brain in a glass jar on top of a movable robot body. Yeah, and so they essentially send them out to like do some mission or whatever. They're looking but- for Captain Kid, aren't they? Uh, basically, yeah. But but they, so they get sent out on this mission, and this is so far the only scene in which they're at the main base, and we get a full introduction to the main characters, and now we get the badass music intro that plays as they charge up onto the onto this like platform. Yeah, you that get they show from the intro, yeah. and then they board their ship, and it's just kind of like badass supposed to be this badass moment and it's fun you know if you're a kid you're gonna like this i, I had my kid watching this this show she watched the she watched this episode and part of the next episode she she didn't really seem to care this, that this, much, that's... she wasn't bored uh, she watched them but then when she was done like right now she's lately been into batman but she's also into gummy bears now and uh, so, so we watched a couple episodes of Gummy Bears after this episode. But this this scene where they charge up and go onto the ship when they play the music. This is yeah. when I this is when I really really realized that the music in this show really really sets the tone and and helps amplify the action and the story. And yeah. it does everything that music in a movie and a TV show should do. It doesn't distract. It enhances. Right. It, it, the whole point is like this amp moment to try and get little kids at home. Yeah. To, like, to jump up and down and be like, yeah, yeah, you're the like, best. Yeah, that's my motherfucker right there. That's like kind of the whole point yeah. of this moment. And so they, they get onto the ship and they're all on the ship. But Goose has his own ship called a Ranger Interceptor, which this is the only episode we see this in. We don't see this later. I, I mean, maybe in some of the further episodes, but yeah. in these first six episodes, you don't see it at all. And he's in this ship called the Ranger. No, no, I changed that. I thought I, it was I take in that another episode. So there is another episode where uh, where this happens. I think it's episode four. I want to say episode. Yeah, it's episode four. So we yeah. we see the Ranger Interceptor again, but but essentially, other than that, we we don't see it much. Yeah, th- um, and then this this so they, they're going to meet Captain Kidd on a planet, but. Okay, so Nico is also drawn really derpy in this episode. Several scenes, she has this like blank stare in her face, and they draw the distance between her mouth and her nose just a little too far, <laughs> and her cheeks are just a little too kind of wide and square. They like, were going. Like they were the going. Filler for a, animation got lazy. Yeah, they were going for attractive, and they they ended up with like kind of weird gray alien. She kind of, well, she kind of looked potato headish. Yeah. But, you know, whatever. The rest of the show is pretty good so far. Yeah. I mean, it has its moments that, that are kind of, that take you out. But, I mean, for the most part, so far, the first episode and this, and so far in this episode, I'm not really, um, not really turned off to it. Um, yeah, so they, go they to, have these robot horses, yeah. by the way, that talk. Yeah, they, they, um, they go to the planet to meet Captain Kidd, and when they get there, they lower down the little platform with all their robot horses. The yeah, robo- it's like alien Old West Town. What were they called? Robosteeds? Uh, I don't remember what they're called, but but when they land, yes. So cybersteeds. So, yes, I was looking at my notes to see if I wrote it. When they land, they all get on their cybersteeds, and essentially, they they say one of us stays here. Well, that's and, and when they get Goose, to the town. Goose essentially volunteers Doc to stay put. It's like the black guy can stay in the back. 
Exactly. <laughs> it, it was essentially like get to the back of the twenty twenty second century, and nothing has changed from. Yeah, basically. So no, excuse me. It wasn't goose. It was a fucking horse. The horse actually volunteers, Doc. So Goose says one of us so needs to... So horses st- are racist now. Uh, they are. So Goose says one of us needs to stay here, and then the horse actually volunteers him. But I, I can't even remember his name, so it, it doesn't matter. But, um, you know, Goose is... He's... At this point, he is such an Eastwood clone. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and the fact that his power... they the, the way that they describe his power is that his power will essentially make him invincible. Yeah, he's essentially unbeatable. I was like, wow, what what an amazing power. Why didn't they all get that augment that makes them virtually indestructible? Because even then, Doc wouldn't need his special computer powers. Yeah. So Uh, they go into like a, they go into like a, uh, it's like a tavern essentially, right? Yeah, it's like an Old West saloon. And they they do that thing where they walk in and they're like. And the swinging doors. And Goose is wearing a trench coat. Yeah. And 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 Zach and him, uh, Zach and Doc are wearing hats. It was at this point that I was like. Man, it is a good thing that all these planets adopted the Western motif, or these guys would look like fucking idiots. They would look like such tools, but the old, I mean, the old West. Like, can you again. can you imagine? Like, can you imagine in like if if well, I guess it doesn't wor- really work in uh, in Mos Eisley in the Cantina, but like I'm thinking of in the prequels when when Anakin and uh, and Obi Wan go into that that club. On Coruscant. Oh, right. And can you imagine, like, they go into this club and there's two, there's like a group of douchebaggy cowboys yeah. that walk in. Oh, and is that the, uh, like, a uh, death sticks yeah. moment? Yeah. You don't want to sell any death sticks. I don't want to sell you any death sticks. Yeah, wanna, yeah. I want to think about my life. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. the one. Yeah, it, it was cut. It's like this weird mix of that, but then everything looks dirty. Because it's apparently the old West, so everything's dirty. Um, so they're there actually to meet Kid. Yeah, so to get set, information about Fox's they're wife. They're essentially trying to set up a meeting with Kid. Because Kid is like, he's he's this kind of neutral character, really. Yeah. I mean, he's a pirate. He's not bad or good. He's just like... He's like in it for whatever. himself. He's this kind of bird-looking character, too. He looks... He has bird-like facial features. He looks like... Um, Oh, what are the name of the what are the Skeksis from Dark Crystal? No, I, well, yeah, that I was trying to think of the name of the uh, the aliens from um, Metroid. Oh, the, the um, Chitari, Chinari. Yeah, I can't remember, but I know exactly what yeah. you're talking about. Yeah. They look, he looks like those statues in the game, the big bird statues. Yeah, and he so that's what he looks like. But he's in like old west attire. Yeah, and, and they go there to try and meet him, and he double crosses them. And uh, the shown, the crown shows up, uh, and there's this decently animated fight scene. Yeah, and, I was going to say the fight scenes are pretty good in this in this show. In this, well, some episodes there's a few that aren't, but but this one, uh, kid leaves with the rangers, uh, saying that he was forced to uh, double cross him by the crown. Yeah, they basically but, but take him. Like, They're like, no, you're coming with us. But that little short fight scene was was actually pretty well animated. And then uh, they're on the ship, and Zozo's on the ship, and he points his gun at kid, um, and tells him to uh, sit down and shut up, uh, and then calls him a. A Plitzfarth. Uh, there's a sh- this the show- lore in this show is deep. You need to study it. <laughs> you need to know what you're getting into before you even watch this show. Because there's, there's, if you don't know the lore, you don't know the show. There's so much weird like phraseology. <laughs> it's like one of those ta- times where they just decided, well, fuck it, we're gonna try and uh, come up with some weird made up sci-fi sound. They just and- had a, they just had a, a dartboard with letters on the wall, and they're like, all right, the first sixteen letters is an, is an insult. So a L a, yeah. a, god damn it, this is going to be a terrible insult. So, yeah, Plitzforth. They have a lot of these odd insults throughout the show that are supposed to have meaning that we don't understand. I mean, we get they're supposed to be negative in connotation. But, there's no... but it's essentially like, well, I mean, I was going to say it's essentially like Fark. 
Or frack. It's not fark. Sorry. Uh, frack. Okay. It's essentially but, like frack where you, like, you know it's an insult because of the context. But frack sounds a lot like fuck. And that's well, yeah, the that one's point. super... Imp- yeah. That's... I mean, frack in Battlestar Galactica sounds so much like fuck and they use it it, the connotation, yeah. the way they use it, they essentially replace the word fuck with frack. Well, see, that, that though, I think that goes to like the, I don't want to say brilliance, but the, the writing in this show where probably why, probably one of, the, one of the reasons that it became a cult classic is it because it didn't try and dumb down what it was doing. No, and it didn't see, it, it's, not, it's not even that, they don't even care. Yeah. They're like, it's like, we're going to do our thing yeah, and if you, you don't like it, then too bad. You fucking plitz fark. What? Sorry, then, we're moving on. We're not even there anymore. Yeah, we don't care. We're going to do something else now. Yeah. Yeah. So they call a, a Plitzfarg. I, I thought that was weird. So Kid is uh, is now on the ship with them. And, he's leading uh, them towards the 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 slaver, or he's trying to lead them towards the slaver base. Yeah. He tells them. He gives them some intel, saying that the humans are on this asteroid belt. And they go the Queen's graveyard. Yeah. So they go to the they go to the asteroid belt, and it's literally millions of asteroids, and they don't know and where Nico it is. Nico uses her psychic powers. Yeah. And she like grabs uh, she grabs Zach and hits her hits her magic button. So <laughs> I re- sorry I just remembered there's during this scene, and she's trying to find Eliza and the humans specifically Eliza, and she she's like, oh, they're in this asteroid over there, and Zach is like kind of emotional about it. And she turns to him and puts, like, her hand on his hand or his, on his leg or something. And she goes, the spirit of the heart never dies. There's a lot of those weird things. I started writing them down. There's, like, like weird... There's, you get there's, to the point where there's so many, you can't write them down anymore. Well, no, I mean, like, in every episode, there's, like, a weird just phrase that doesn't fit with the rest of the show. Where you're like, wait, what? Did you get that out of a fortune cookie? It doesn't make any sense. I wrote them down in a couple other episodes. It's It sounds like a bad high school guidance counselor trying to yeah. get advice. So... They find the asteroid, and I don't know how they didn't find the asteroid before, because it is, it is literally the only asteroid that doesn't look like an asteroid. It's got, like, a ring around it with exhaust vents, and it looks completely it's different. It's so than, obvious yeah. that it's a base. It's like, oh, yeah, that's the base. So they go in there. They do, well, they, yeah, they spacewalk there, and then Doc uses his uh, Pathfinder, uh, yeah. whatever, his, his power, his power, His power to create programs that can do literally yeah, anything. Yeah, his tweaker, that's what it is. Yeah. So he uses one of his tweakers to open the door, and Kid says... You humans are crazy. You humans are crazy. Uh, the, uh, this galaxy will never be the same. Yeah. And I thought that was like, well, in a way, uh, he, that's, he, he has no idea. He could have uh, said, you crackers are crazy. Well, it, I mean, there's some sort of like implication there, but but I thought it was kind of interesting because he says this like, you humans are crazy. The galaxy will never be the same because of uh, the way that they're getting in the door. But if you think about the way that humanity discovers things, like we, we show up. We discover something, and then we just destroy everything. USA! 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 <laughs> and, and it's essentially, I mean, that's kind of what they're hinting at, and this is in 86. So I, that's why I wrote it down, because I thought it was such a weird moment. It's like, it's like, in, <laughs> it's like in Spaceballs, at the end of Spaceballs, when uh, Spaceball 1 falls down to the planet, and uh, <laughs> the monkeys all ride up on their horses, and he's like, what's that coming out of her nose? Spaceballs! And he says, <laughs> oh shit, there goes the planet. <laughs> Yeah, it's totally like one of those moments. So they uh, get into there, and they're they're like looking around to save the humans and find Zach's wife. And they find these uh, creatures called gherkins instead, uh, along with the humans. But they find these creatures called gherkins, which are kind of like pink, wrinkly old men, kind of. What is a gherkin? Um, it's a it's a it's, it's a, actually a cucumber. It's yeah, a, I was gonna say it's a pickle, isn't it? Yes, yeah, so a gherkin. They is don't a, look like pickles. They look like a, ger- a gherkin is a small. Uh, 
it's a small kind of cucumber that is usually used for pickling. But but yeah, the, we don't the, need to talk about pickles. The, today. the gherkin aliens are like are like giant wads of gum, pink bubble gum. Yeah, they kind of they do look. I didn't even think of that. That's totally true. <laughs> yeah, but the queen is using them to make. It's she, using their life force. Yeah, she make, straight up murders one of them on screen. Yeah, she murders one on screen to turn turn them into a crystal to make these uh, slaver lords. Slaver lords, which yeah. are like avatars for her body, so yeah. she can be at home and these things will like act for her. Because up until this point, when you see the when you see the crown, it's this white cloaked. You know what it looks has... like? It looks like a, a white version of the Imperial Guard for uh, for the Emperor. I was thinking that it looked like a white version of... From, the, Star, Tra- uh, from Star Wars. Well, yep. I, I was thinking it looked like a, a white-cloaked Witch King from Lord of the Rings. Uh, kind of, but without the crown. Yeah, without the crown, and the face is blank, and it has sort of a starry... Yeah, all you see is like a hood with a black where the face is supposed yeah. to be. And, and then when she talks, it will be like a... Like a kind of a, a faded out face that will kind of blend in. So the so queen essentially, she the queen essentially explains what she does. She's like, I take this life force and I make crystals that I use to make new slaver lords, so that I can be everywhere in my empire. Yeah, so she's essentially murdering people to make avatars. Yeah, the galaxy rangers go through and they save all the humans, and they're still looking all the humans that they find, and they're still looking for her uh, for Zach's wife. So, so they're they're in this hallway, and so Doc and, and all of them they're in this hallway, and they're like still trying to get to like where they need to get to, and Doc has this trap door open up underneath him, and he gives out this enthusiastic. Wee. Yeah, he. Tra- I, I didn't write that I, I down, but I remember. so hard. I was like, oh, yeah, the trap door opens. He's like, oh. Yeah, no. He, he and goes, then the rest of them, too. Then, like, two seconds later, the trap door opens under the rest I of them. I always love that in cartoons or TV shows Whoa. or movies where it's like a trap door. It's like perfectly square and it drops right underneath them and nobody else. And it's, it's one of those moments. But he has. It's just so. It's insane. the weakest. He's, it's. Oh. You know that. You know that if that happened in real life, your real life. Your real life reaction would be fuck or shit. Like you would be, you would be like freaking out because all of a sudden you're falling, not just like oh. Yeah, he seems completely unaffected. Oh no! So then they all end up in the trap door, and then so it turns out that the the queen has turned Eliza, the the wife of Zach, into a crystal and put it into a slaver lord. And she's straight up... The the queen... This is so stupid. The queen straight up lays some exposition on them. She starts spitting exposition. She's like, the only way to save your wife is to get that crystal from that slaver lord and reunite it with the crystal on your wife. That's the only way to save her. Right. So they take her her body and they're like, okay, well... Like, what's the point of even saying that? You just gave away how to save the... well, that's exactly the point. So they take the wife back, and so now the goal is to try and get a hold of the crystal to save her. That essentially kind of becomes yeah. the underlying theme of the whole show. Yeah. And uh, so they have this fight with the queen, and it, it's not badly animated either. No. There, it, 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 none of these are really poorly. Well, there's a. I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna talk about it. There's a couple of scenes that are pretty badly animated, but. There's only a few, but for the most part, the show is pretty consistent. So they they rescue the humans and, and the gherkins, uh, and then they they, they fight pickle the way everybody. Out. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they they pink chewing gum everybody. Yeah, uh, and kids ship and crew uh, they do this like Deus Ex saves everyone. Yeah, like, no, the ship comes in and he's like, oh, we got your we got your message, Captain. Yeah, and he saves everybody. Yeah, um, which uh, at some point they were like cornered, they're gonna lose, and so they they, they get saved. And then um, Zach's wife, Eliza, gets put in stasis back on Earth. Basically shoved then, into a drawer. Yeah, they put her in a fucking box. 
and, and then uh, the Rangers get expanded to uh, quote make space. Yeah, uh, I wrote that. That was the end of the episode. Safe or yeah, whatever. They have to make space safe for humans. And I wrote down. Are, but then, four... the, but then the episode has this like abrupt ending. Yeah, and that's yeah. it. And I wrote down like uh, so four four guys. Four guys are going to patrol the entire fucking galaxy. That makes no goddamn sense. Well, they allude to that. There's other rangers, and there's a couple of scenes in I think the next episode or maybe another one where they do show other rangers, but they're not these like they're not like field rangers. They're just part of the like well, galaxy no, no. Ranger some, core. some of them are angel. Some of them are rangers. Like there's one that looks like a robot, and there's a couple other ones. They only show them for like half a second. But oh. in in all of these episodes so far that we're going to watch these first six episodes, it looks like the universe is patrolled by four fucking dudes. Well, you know what? They're that badass. That's it. So Yeah, that's it. I think that I think that no, I'll do it for no, this no, episode. Let's do one more. Let's, we can do one more. You want to do one yeah, more? Yeah, one more episode. All right. So episode three is called Tortuna. And if you've seen any of the uh, Pirates of the Caribbean movies, I, I feel like it's a very obvious oh. thing to Tortuga, which is... Which is an island of uh, outlaws and whatnot. See, I wrote down um, O Fortuna. So, if, for those of you who are music nerds, O Fortuna is this song from Carmina Burana, which is a. Uh, it's like the. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, it, it's this uh, musical, it's this piece of music that can be anywhere from about 70 minutes to like 120 minutes long, depending how fast it's. Uh, how fast it's conducted but what's interesting is is it's based off of poetry love letters and sexual poetry Ooh. written between nuns and priests of the 13th century that was found in a wall uh, about 80 to 100 years ago and then they turned that poetry into music and that is what Carmina Burana is Damn, o Fortuna, I did not know that yeah and O Fortuna is the is like the main song that you always hear in movies yeah um, and it's kind of the first one but there's other songs in there that, that are talking about priests getting drunk and people fucking each other and, Ooh. yeah it's pretty it's pretty extreme as a, as a former Catholic I don't know how I feel about that because uh, I was also a former altar boy well you know our, our trivia name was uh, Catholic, Catholic School Dropout so yeah. you know it, it's okay so, so they end up on the island, on the not the island, the, the planet, island of Tortuna, the, the, the planet of Tortuna, and it's this desolate outlaw planet. And the Rangers are there to get uh, a memory bird, and they have to go uh, to get this memory bird because uh, the memory bird has information that's going to help them get Eliza. And from it's, the crown. it's literally like a bird; it's like a robotic bird that stores information for the for the crown. Yeah, and so they have to go through this desert that uh, is like. It's called 50, Dead Man's Desert. Yeah, it's 50 clicks that they have to go through to get to the city. It's good to know they still use kilometers in space. Yeah, apparently they do. Not so, like parsecs or anything. Something weird that's made up. Yeah. So they're going through years. the desert, and then and so they have their weapons set to stun, which I thought was weird. <laughs> they threw out a... I think it was Nico threw out a Galaxy Rangers hoe in this. Did she really? When they were like running down the mountain when they were trying to... So there was a... It must the, have been the scene because Yeah, so I they're, they're up it. on the They're up on the like cliff edge and they see what's essentially like a space stagecoach getting taken over by these yeah, guys they hear, they hear weapons firing so they charge in to save the day yeah they're charging weird, they say they say yeah. there are these weird elephant people riding as a state uh, uh like driving a stagecoach and yeah. inside are more gherkins okay so this is the scene with a fucking derpy ass bear i wrote down no okay not bears i wrote down they that look these guys... like derpy ass bears with little white horns <laughs> I wrote, and hooves for feet i wrote down that they were riding on the monsters from where the wild things are 
They did kind of look like that, but they it was like a mix between that and a bear. They're yeah. brown. They're so They're fucking, riding on these things that are basically bipedal and running and, bipedally down the road. They're so... I can't even tell you how derpy they look, but it made me... It kind of made me happy. Yeah. because I, They have these blank stares in their face. And so all the... So, so the stagecoaches... The stagecoach is being drawn by these things that look like horses, but they, they're not horses. No, because no. they have like gills and... Yeah, I saw that. And, and like yeah. fins and they have like these weird hooves. And so the rangers are disguised as, quote, Zangwill slavers. That everybody convinces them or uh, mixes them up with throughout this entire yeah, episode. Apparently, Zangwills so, just look like humans in like in, in right. like a scarf. So this is where we find out that the elephant people's name—they're uh, called Pedulance and uh, Pedulant little children. Yeah, they're Pedulance and Woozles. Um, <laughs> so, so the the Rangers are, are looking for this one Pedulant named Geezy, and there's this, Geezy for she's okay. And there's this weird scene where there's a Pedulant. That, that they have this like little he's got this like little section of dialogue and then they do this odd scene with a, this close up where he has because they all have these yellow trunks and kind of long ears that kind of look like elephants yeah um, and they make they look, look like Max Rebo but but they his his nose only this one scene the rest of them don't look like this but this one scene this one pedulant it looks like a yellow uncircumcised penis <laughs> I haven't seen too many. Go, no, no, no. Just go back. I, mean, you uh, I might, thought you were going to say go Google a no, no, yellow and no. circumcised I mean, penis. If you are or aren't, it doesn't matter. I mean, if you if you're a guy and played sports, it's something I'm sure you've seen at some point. But but that's that's what that's what it looked like. It it was. I started laughing immediately. This is another one of those moments where I'm watching the show and I started laughing and it woke my wife up. She's like, "What are you laughing?" At? I was like, "His nose looks like a dick." And then she's like, "This everyone." And then she just goes, "Shut the fuck up." And she wrote, <laughs> just so you know, just so you know, this show is a mature show for mature audiences. Not true. The show is for kids, but but no kids are. No, gonna I'm listen. saying our show. Oh yeah, our yeah, show yeah. is yeah. a mature matured show. Yeah. For- if you haven't gotten that this far, that this show is not for children, I don't know what your problem is. So. Well, I didn't even uh, I didn't even mean about children. I meant that we're fucking mature adults right now. We, I, I'm I'm a man child, so I don't know. What you're talking about. <laughs> so they so, they save them and then they go on to the city. But the town is kind of cool looking. Yeah. Um, so no, it, before they even get to the city, they have to bribe the fucking redneck rope. We have to they have to bribe the redneck robot guard with five hundred. Yeah, yeah. Five hundred sovereigns, gold, whatever. And he, he's like he's like you know that you know that bribing the officer of the crown is punishable by death. And then they they bribe him anyway. So yeah, and he's like in. he's like you you guys are okay. Go on four five hundred, and yeah. then they let him in. Yeah. So they get in, and uh, there's these spy robots flying around. Yeah, I said the queen has her own NS- NSA spy droids everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> spy drones. <laughs> That's what I was saying. I was like, it's just her own like NSA spy program. Yeah, um, they end up meeting up with Geezy. but they kind of look again. They kind of look like Magnemite, the the spy robots. Yeah, thing. they do. Yeah, so they end up meeting up with Geezy in a saloon. And uh, he gives. Well, no, there's this montage of the Rangers wandering through the city. It's like, bum, 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 bum. And, yeah, and it's like playing the music, and there's this like montage of them like walking around. And so they find this bar, and so when they go in the bar, the band is playing flutes that look just like pod racers. Did you notice that? I did not. No. So they're. Oh playing... no! No, I know that. I think back about they're, it. Yeah. So it, it's it, it's like they're the mouthpiece is is the actual pod where like Anakin sat, and then their fingers are on the the jet po- propulsion parts. Uh, I thought it was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, so they find Geezy and the memory bird. A, they end up getting in a fight because the uh, the the queen's 
people come. Well, no, no, wait, wait. So, so really quickly. So they when they find the bird, the bird must be fucking Canadian because he insults Gizzy and calls him a hoser. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck is with the bird? The bird is the bird is wearing the bird looks like a, like it doesn't look like a robot, but it's wearing like it a, just looks like a small a, bird with a again it, like a, a Tom bla- and Bahama shirt. No, it's wearing like a blazer with a tie. Oh, oh, excuse me. Oh, no, you're right. I'm thinking yeah. of the last episode. Yeah, he's wearing a blazer with a fucking tie, and he's like, "Well, hello there, everybody." He's like, he's like doing some like like shtick. Yeah, he's doing a full shtick, and so the the queen shows up, and uh, and so they leave, and uh, ranger the the rangers buy uh, the bird for five hundred. Uh, and Doc does this test on it, and the bird does a Jerry Lewis impersonation. <laughs> it's like this, why? It's this full Jerry Lewis impersonation, and then the, the bird gets electrocuted, or the, the bird electrocutes Doc, rather. And so, so they're outside in this alleyway when this is happening, and the guards discover who they are, and then they want to take them in for uh, routine torture. I said, get your hands up, we're taking you in for routine torture. <laughs> I was just wondering. And, and so they get away, and they find Geezy again, because they realize that the bird that he gave them oh, is but, not the right well, bird. Well, this, this battle, they had this quick battle at this point, it was really lackluster. I had to make a note of it, because we've seen a couple battles so far that are not bad. This one was so lackluster, and it was six seconds long. I counted. Yeah. So there are there are points where you're gonna wonder like what they were thinking, but so again, so far episode three, the show's pretty good so far. Yeah. So um, they they find out that the bird that they got from Geezy is, is not the it, well, yeah, yeah, it's not the one they want. So they go back to find Geezy and they find that he's got the bird with well, him. Well, it they turns want. out he did it all on purpose. Yeah, he, that's what he get said them, to try and get them to show up and help these uh, Gherkin refugees because he's essentially like the Space Underground Railroad. Okay, so but they find the real memory bird who is dark as fuck. And the, the memory bird says weird stuff. He's like, your life force will be drowned into psycho crystals. And it's like... Yeah, he basically... The, the, the bird and, and basically goes, taunts then, him the whole time. Yeah, and he says things like, tiny drummers will hammer on your skulls. And you will be henceforth taken into an extremely dark place and walled into a pit. Yeah, fucking cask of Montiliato or over the, here. That that was a quote, by the way. That he literally said the, he literally said those exact words. Yeah, that's why I said there's like weird shit in every episode. That's like, where did that come from? It's like this is this is for an adult or something. So, so Easy gives that bird to to them, and then Doc. Fucking well, the bird thing. gets free. The, well, it's because Doc is an idiot, and he opens uh, up the yes, thing, and he, he holds it, and he's he's examining it, and then the bird electrocutes him. For all of his computer prowess, he's yeah. an idiot. The bird electrocutes him and flies away, and then they go off chasing after the bird, and because they're like, man, if that bird gets away, the queen will know where we are, and we'll all be dead. Right, so the bird the bird gets free, and then they try to leave, but they have to, they have to fight the guards. Yeah, and they have to help the Space Underground Railroad the, escape. Right. And this fight is much better. Goose uses his healing factor, which is the fucking tits. Yeah. And, and Doc is OP as shit. Um, because uh, they, they end up blast, like they end up going into like a this tower yeah. and hacking like a like a, a giant gun. Yeah, they a start giant blasting gun. everything. And so the Rangers end up with a faulty bird that turns out to have interesting info, anyways. Yeah, I so said they try to access the crazy bird's memory, but he's too crazy. No, no, he's too, he's way too nuts. He just does a lot of hoils. I imagine that they'll use him later, but we don't see him for the rest of these six episodes. Yeah, um, dang, but, we don't get to see a bird in a blazer and tie do an awful Jerry. And that the bird, the bird is like the bird is like twelve. Inches tall. Yeah, he's not maybe yeah, 12, 18 inches tall. He's not very big. So that's, that's the end of this episode. Yeah. And uh I I think that'll do it for this one. Yeah, I like this show so far. Yeah. I mean I was a little I was a little hesitant because I never watched this show when I was not really, I didn't really watch the show when I was a kid, so I, was, I, I didn't know what to expect really. I watched okay, so well, you know what? I'll I'll talk about it in the next one. Alright. Yeah. 
but but so far I enjoyed it. Yeah, I've been yeah. enjoying it too. So uh, we're you know get ready for part two because this show so far has been pretty damn good. Yeah, it, it's been fun so far. So if you want to talk about this episode, you can always hit us up on Twitter. Our handle is at RemasteredCast at RemasteredCast. If you want to send us an email, we're at uh, childhoodremastered at gmail.com. That's childhoodremastered at gmail.com. And we also have Facebook. Yeah, just search for Childhood Remastered. You'll find our page. Um, you can comment on this episode. Comment on any other episodes. Uh, let us know how you think we're doing. If you want to give us any ideas for shows or anything like that. Questions, comments, concerns, complaints. Yeah, keep Bring the, them on. Keep the criticism to yourself because we don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do this for fun. So Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, we, we hope to hear from you. And uh, until next time, this is Sean. And Chris. And this has been your Childhood Remastered. We'll see you later. Bye.